Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. Derek Notman on the Rider Flex podcast. Hello, Derek. How are you? Hey, Steve. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good conversation today. Happy holidays. We're recording this on December 13th, so I uh, hope you're enjoying the holidays so far. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, uh, we're having some family coming to town here in the next couple of weeks and uh, just enjoying the season. You know, I am near Fort Collins, Colorado, just south of there. And so when I saw your LinkedIn, I was like, oh, he's in Cheyenne. Maybe we can connect or something. But because uh, your LinkedIn says Cheyenne, but you live in Florida, huh? That is correct. Yeah. So, you know, corporate stuff is all, all based in, in Wyoming, but um, we tend to bounce around a, a bit and we are in Florida currently and loving it. And is that uh, is that a tax deal, a uh, tax perspective from Cheyenne or was there a partner there? What was the strategy? Privacy, taxes, it just made sense, you know, given how Wyoming does things. So it worked mm-hmm. out really well. And we're in Florida because we love the ocean. So we're right by the water. We can go surfing, you know, that kind of thing. So found the, nice. the best mix of both. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, yeah. What part of Florida? We're um, just on the space coast, just south of uh, like Cocoa Beach, that area. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Nice. Right. What's your weather like today? Probably good, right? Well, today it's like oh, partly cloudy and it's only going to get up to about like maybe 80. <laughs> oh man you're rubbing it into all the other listeners uh and you went to you went to school in minnesota so i i know that you you fully understand what freezing and snow is like for sure oh i grew up in it i'm used to it um i spent many many years in cold temperatures so it's nice to be out of it <laughs> did you grow up in wisconsin nope grew up in minnesota born in ireland actually grew up in minnesota oh. Um, spent some time in Vermont, spent time in Wisconsin, traveled a ton around the world. Um, so we, we've bounced around a bit. Uh, okay. Very cool. What'd your folks do? My, my dad was, uh, was a physician. So, um, okay. Yeah. He was in school overseas. My mom is South African. So I'm kind of a mutt, I guess I'm from all over the place and, you know, just have a more of a global perspective, I, I suppose. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Very good. Mom, dad, still alive, still married. What's the status? And do you, and do you have any siblings? Uh, so still alive, but not together. Been divorced for some time now. So I got to go through that fun experience as a child. Oh, as and, a child. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah. No bueno there. And then um, also I do have uh, siblings, uh, two brothers and a sister. Okay. Are they they're from... spread out? They're all spread out as well. Okay, very good. And you said we several times in Florida. So you got a partner, spouse, or what? What's going yeah, on there? My wife, my wife and I, we've been together well, dating and and um, and married almost twenty years now, actually. 
Okay. Um, so been around, you know, and then we've got our, we've got an 11 year old boy and then our, our dog as well. So that's very the, nice. A small little family. How'd you meet her? Uh, I moved in across the street from her in college. Oh, oh really? Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a rental house. Like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, man. It was just, just pure luck. Uh, very good. Good for you. Uh, okay. Very good. And, and then, uh, just real quick with your, with your childhood and, you know, uh, adolescent life, you know, were you a good kid? Were you, were you a rebel kid? Were you somewhere in the middle? Just give us a taste of kind of how you grew yeah, up. Yeah. That's a funny question. I mean, like my parents, um, you know, separate when I was like six or seven. So we okay. had a pretty, like, I guess you could say for lack of a better, messed up, you know, home life, you know, ba- yeah. bouncing back and forth. So I, there was, there was probably some rebellion there, but not terrible. I never got in any serious trouble or anything like that. And my outlet was, was work. I actually started a lawn mowing business when I think I was 10. Okay. Uh, in the neighborhood. And then when I was 14, I was able to actually start a real job, you know, quote unquote, and uh, just, just poured my energy into, into work. I was not a great student, you know, B minus C plus student. Okay. Uh, All right. And just, you know, yeah, I worked, I worked a lot. That was most of my, uh, and then I, a gearhead. I love messing around with cars too. So I, you know, oh, you, oh, you do. That's, that's a hobby then for you, huh? Okay. What do you got in the garage that might be interesting? I've got a 65 Mustang. Oh, all right. Very good. You take it out on like Saturday afternoons. Like what, what is that? Is it a, yeah, I don't drive it as much as I should, but yeah, it's, it's fully restored. So now it's just, I tinker on it, do this, do that, you know, take it out for, you know, Sunday breakfast, you know, or whatever. Very cool. Very Gotta cool. be careful on the coast here because of the salt. So, you know, it depends mm. on which way the wind is blowing. So we mm. you know, make sure. But yeah, that's fun to tinker around with. I, I can't mess with the new cars these days. They're too too electronic. There's not enough room to work on them. Give me the old stuff any day. Yeah. Now your 11 year old son, he's got to think that's super cool. He already wants to drive it to prom. <laughs> so he loves it. He helps do stuff on it. And we're actually talking now about buying probably like a 1970s uh, Bronco. And oh, restoring okay. it, so that'll be his okay. first car when he turns sixteen. Now you are a money guy, so I'm gonna assume when it comes to adult toys, to- toys, you know, cars, boats, whatever, RVs. I'm gonna assume you don't buy a lot of stuff that depreciates. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I struggle with that for sure. It just goes against the grain. So yeah, yes. I want to buy assets and stuff instead of liabilities. Yes. Um, yes. So that's yes. important. Um, keep your you know, personal overhead low, yeah. you know, things of that nature. You know, I'm sitting in a travel trailer right now. And, uh, you know, when we bought it for travel, I told my wife, I said, you know, there's just nothing positive about this from a finance perspective, from a financial perspective. I mean, I, there, there is nothing. You can't really say anything other than, you know, it's wasted cash, but it's, I guess, the same money you'd spend on a hotel and other things. I guess somehow you justify it in your mind, but, you, you know, you're not getting anything back from it. You know, it's the same for our uh, ATVs. We have some ATVs and stuff. We ride in the mountains in Colorado, and uh, I just chalk all that up to you know this is toy money that is not gonna increase in value in any way <laughs> it isn't but you know what you are getting you're getting stories and yeah that's true yeah yeah experiences and that's worth something i'll pay for experiences all day long 
That's a good point. Um, yep, that's a good point. So I, I think that's okay because, I mean, you know, when you're 80, you probably aren't going to be riding around on an ATV in the mountains as, as you might, you know, be today. So live life to the fullest as much as you can. Just don't go into crazy debt to do it. Amen, brother. You just hit it on the head right there. That's a good one. That's a great line. Great line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have fun, chase experiences, but don't go in crazy debt and don't, don't do anything dumb financially. But yeah, that's a really good point. It's it's good to have a balance there. Appreciate you mentioning that. So going to school, I mean, I'm curious, right, about your major, what you majored in and and then where you ended up. Uh, you know, talk to what were you going to be? Derek, what was the plan? Because I, I was going to yeah. be Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't turn out. T- turns out that that job was already taken. Um, yeah, there's only like three of those guys on the planet, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that wasn't going to work. But you know, as I mentioned, I was not a great student, and uh, I actually applied for University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities, um, and I got okay. into what's called University College there, which is like not their full admission um okay and i was like well that i don't like that that's going to delay my four-year education um i need to look Mm. elsewhere so that's why i applied to umd up in duluth and got into the regular liberal arts college and was a terrible student the first semester too Um, much partying too much partying or what you're a little little too much uh... crazy partner but like you know i i went from structure um and in a world i was used to to no structure other than what i imposed <laughs> on myself um and in a whole new world so first yeah. time i moved away from home and all that kind of stuff so yeah you know we had a little bit of fun but nothing ever crazy and okay so figuring all that out and you know i pursued anthropology and archaeology because it was something that interested me my dad's bachelor's degree was in anthropology so i had some influence there ah i see i see okay so it was really interesting but turns out my senior year i come to find out that man i can't really get a job just with the (laughs) bachelor's in this so then had to kind of figure out what to do next yeah right uh, that would be, uh, t- yeah, is this not, so is this the start of your senior year? You're like, you're trying to get internships. You're thinking, man, what am I going to do for a living? Somewhere in there, you start thinking, oh boy, I don't know. I did start looking at this. So my junior year, I was supposed to actually go study in England for a full year. Oh. Okay. And cool. at the last minute, um, I backed out because my advisor, my student advisor, whatever you want to call him, said, hey, if you want to graduate in four years, don't go. And I thought that was more important than the experience I would have gotten. I was wrong. Um, you know, if I could go back and do it over, I would have gone to England. Okay. Silver lining, though, is I met my wife because I stayed back. Because she had just uh, been in England for a year and had come back. So if I had gone, I never would have met her. Yeah. Um, is she is she Irish, too? No. Nope. She oh. is born and bred in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if she was like, yeah. Okay. She was just over there. Okay. Gotcha. All she was right. Just over there doing a study abroad program yeah. as well. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, senior year, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I can go get my PhD. And by that time I was kind of done with school. Yeah. Um, me too. And I, I applied for some jobs like at the forest service. Cause I thought I needed to you know, do something in that area. And that was, that was tough. Like there's not a whole lot of jobs up in Northern Minnesota for, for archeologists. Mm. Um, yeah. So my wife, who's an educator, she, um she has her master's in uh, special education. 
Okay. She was working, interning at this treatment center in Duluth. And she's like, hey, they're hiring. I'm like, sweet, I need a job. <laughs> so I had no experience working. So we, it's a, it was an at-risk treatment center for, uh, for or uh, at-risk youth treatment center, residential treatment oh, center. Oh, wow. You had no experience, didn't go to school for that? Zero. Like zero. 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 <laughs> but the job was so hard and paid so little that they would hire almost anybody and train. I got it. I mean, like, like, I literally had like kids trying to hit me with table legs. They'd bring knives. There were all like, I mean, we had oh, wow. like convicted murderers coming in there. We were taking care of like, it was a really crazy situation. The people there were amazing. And most of the kids were actually pretty good. Once you got to know, they come from bad home, home life. But I did good. that. I ended up doing that for three and a half years just to make some money and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. All right. Interesting. By the way, before you move away from that, just a quick question. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but it, uh, these kids that, that go there and end up being, quote, bad people because they came from a bad childhood, is that an acceptable excuse for them to turn out to be criminals or should they turn it around? Do, do you do you feel like we should oh, hold man, them? That, a, that's yeah. a tough question. <laughs> you were talking like, so this one child... His kid, his parents were both drug addicts, and as a toddler, they would shoot him up with heroin just to make him stop crying. So does that kid wow. ever really have a chance? Can you really blame that kid when chemically there's something messed up now for the rest of his life? Right? Oh, I mean, man, that is tough. That is it's tough. really tough stuff, uh, Steve. So it's just like... So not, it's not black them, and white. Not a black and white not, answer, is it? No. Many shades of gray, just like my hair. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's not a black and white answer. Some kids, yes. Other kids, no. Um, and a lot in between. Um, some yeah. of the kids were just really, really good kids. We had kids that um, they usually stay with us from nine to twelve months, average stay. Okay. Uh, and then they would have a lot. Most of them would have a lot of progress with us because they were loved, they were safe, they were fed, they were educated. It was a really great environment. You know, the whole mm. model there was beauty was a silent teacher, and we just really took care of them. And nice. when they, they would start to cry the day and start to freak out the days leading up to actually going back home because they knew that they weren't going to get the same type of safe environment that they needed to thrive. Um, so it was, I mean, definitely a lot mm. on the family. I mean, I don't think any kid's really born wanting to be a bad person. There's a lot of environmental conditions that, that factor into it. There's Lots a good line. stories there. That's also a whole nother podcast. Uh, we could do a whole nother <laughs> show. We could do a whole nother show. <laughs> Now, you and your wife didn't have kids right away, right? She had an eleven-year-old. So, did did that correct? Did that experience with you and her working in that environment cause you to hold? Were you like, okay, I don't even know if I want to have kids right now? <laughs> no, it it definitely limited which names we wanted to pick because <laughs> there were some, <laughs> some bad memories. Oh, it's yeah. funny. That's pretty good. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, well, we, just we wanted okay. to travel. We wanted to live a, a little bit. We wanted to travel the world a bit. Oh, I is, see. I see. It is okay. easier to do without a child. Not that oh, we no still doubt. do it with a child, but um Okay. All right, very yeah. good. So you yeah, walk us through your career then. I mean, I, I wanna, you know, obviously we gotta we gotta get to coupler. Um and I wanna talk all about that. But can you give us Kind of give us a, a, an overview up to up to Coupler, if you don't mind. We'll kind of just kind of give us a little bit of an overview of how you how you stepped along to eventually get there. Go yep. for it. Yep. So archaeology didn't do that. Became a counselor. <laughs> Learned a ton about myself and working with people, which was cool. 
Yeah, but then really after about three and a half years, my wife and I were like, you know what? Let's go do something different. So we sold our house, most of our stuff, packed up a U-Haul and drove out to Vermont. Where were you? Where, where did you leave? You left uh, Minnesota? Duluth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Vermont. Went so, to Vermont. Okay. All right. No jobs. Didn't, didn't know a single person in the entire state. You both uh, quit your jobs? Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sold our okay. house, quit our jobs, and, um, and, and, and just went out there and then um, ended up, you know, buying another house a couple months later in northern Vermont. My okay. wife went uh, into teaching. Um, she had her master's, so she was looking for a teaching job, so she was able to get that. Okay. We were unemployed for maybe three or four months. Okay, that's not bad. Um, yeah. While I was, it wasn't terrible, no. And while I was looking, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, we blew through our savings, yeah. but we had fun. Um, and while <laughs> I was looking for a job, I needed to make some income because things were getting tight. So I was like digging basements by hand and whatever odd jobs I could find. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, just, just to pay the bills. But I, I, Vermont. So I knew I wanted to work with people. I learned that from working with the kids. You know, I, I enjoyed helping people. And I've always had this fascination with money. So I was like, well, where can I go do both of those things? Mm. And I was super, super naive. Just like I was going into the, the residential treatment center, I was super naive in this. But turns out you, when you want to work with people and money, most people become a financial advisor. Okay. So that's what happened. I, I did. I, put, I literally put my resume on monster.com. I was headhunted and recruited by a large, um, you know, well, I can say it, by New York Life. Um, Saw that on and, your LinkedIn um, profile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I just went in um, all in, man. I drank the Kool-Aid and took all the training and got a lot of success early on. And I did that for a number of years. Um, like I'm still, I, I'm still technically an advisor now, but I left New York Life and I have my own RIA. I'm not taking new clients anymore. Um, but I did that. I mean, I've been doing this 17 years almost now. And, wow. um, very good. All types of people. Are you talking, uh, people that, that make 200 grand a year up to people that make, you know, millions of dollars a year. I mean, what, what, what did you have all yeah, types of all people in your, across the board, especially mm. early on when you kind of, I mean, it's a really tough industry to get a profession to be in. Yes. I haven't had the same paycheck in 17 years. Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I think all yeah. entrepreneurs can appreciate that. Yeah. No doubt. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's sales, it's odd hours, it's stress. Yes. It's yes. All um, of it. All of it, man. <laughs> all of it. And, um, which I had a lot of fun and I still had a lot of great clients at the small firm that I have now. Okay. But it, it, it led me to like tap into my entrepreneurial spirit more than ever. So I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs, all like okay. corporate or, you know, education, you know, medicine background, no entrepreneur at all. Well, where'd that bug come from then? Was there, was there like a, was there like a friend or an uncle or a mentor? Or like, was there somebody that sparked that? No. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. No, not really. I get, I mean, I guess a little bit, the best man at my wedding, he and I lived together for a couple of years before we were married and his family owned a business and he owned okay. the house that I rented a room from in him. So that opened me up a little bit to like, Oh, people can mm. make money in real estate. Oh, yeah. people can own their own business. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what's cool. all that stuff. But, but then I became an advisor and I kind of went off on this tangent for a while and didn't pay attention to any of it. Okay. All right. So you, but now the entrepreneurial bug is kicking in. You've been doing the, doing it for 17 years. 
Yeah. What? And tell me what happens. Well, How did you? Cool yeah. Is yeah. that like when you get to when you get into? I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably um, will understand this. This will resonate with them. But when you are ingrained in a certain industry, a sector, a profession, as much as I was, and still am, you start to see like, hey, there are problems here that if yes. solved could help a lot of people. Mm. And yep. my business got to a point where my wife and I were very comfortable financially to do the things that we wanted to do. And I didn't feel like scaling my advisory practice to be this massive behemoth with a lot of in-house staff. And in fact, I actually was one of the first in the country to take my entire practice remote. I, I actually started that transition back in 2013. So being my entire wealth practice yeah, is virtual. Yeah. So being in an office with a bunch of people working for you and employees, you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to no, do that. No, like I did the suit and tie thing for a while. I had a brick and mortar office for a while and employees. And I'm like, yeah, man, like it, it, it was supposed to be cool and exciting. And it definitely it was like, it just felt like a ball and chain. So I, mm. I ditched all that and mm. really got into pursuing what I wanted to do. Okay. And so I started going after these problems that I want, that I saw and that I wanted to solve while still running my advisory practice, but taking less and less clients. And actually about a year ago, I unloaded hundreds of clients to some other junior advisors oh. just so I could focus the majority of my time on these passions that I really want to do moving forward. Wow. That was a big move. That's a, that's a risky move a little bit right there. Yeah. Well, I, I think if anything, you know, maybe I didn't know it, but risk has been in my name for a long time. I've just, <laughs> I've just uh, I, I don't know if I seek it out on purpose or what, but I just, I guess it's just part of my, my lifestyle is, is taking, well, more now than ever, but more calculated risks before it was just stupid risks. Now it's more calculated. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I wanted to mention that for the, for the listeners. So at this point though, before you unloaded those and you went down the road of entrepreneurship with coupler and other things. You had good savings. You had you were secure financially at home. You probably have some other. I'm guessing you have some real estate of some kind or whatever. And so you had some room, so to speak, to maneuver into this. It wasn't like you, uh, you know, you, you were eating ramen noodles right away. So you prepared Correct. for it. We prepared yeah. for it. Like I, I've got gray hair in my early 40s for a reason because I took a lot of those risks <sighs> earlier on as an advisor. <laughs> <laughs> so I understood that that roller coaster from early on. So when I started to look at pursuing these other ventures, we they were much more calculated risks. They were yeah, conversations good. my wife and I had, like, hey, if we're gonna do this, this could happen. How does that affect us? You know, type yes. of stuff. And and someone I did find about ten years ago who's become a dear friend of mine and mentor. He's exited over twenty companies. Ooh, um, wow, wow. And he has been. Well, like a father to me, he's been absolutely like amazing and he's never asked for anything. He just, he truly relishes in being able to support a younger entrepreneur thrive. So I go to him with all types of questions and problems and like he told me a ton about risk management and all of these things. So that, that's been really helpful as well. Isn't it interesting? This is a good point for the listeners. Most entrepreneurs that are successful and have had several exits and made money they're all willing to help like all of them will help yes. and and yes. and many many times i have tried to like uh give back to them either by supplying some sort of equity plan from riderflex or 
referral uh, commissions or anything. Right? Like I'm always like trying to give back to them, and they just, they, you know, most of the time, like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, just, I just want to help. You know, take them to dinner every once in a while. That's all they, that's all they care about. You know, they don't. It's interesting. They're always willing to help, and so I encourage anybody listening. Yeah, if you want to start a business. There are a ton of people out there that will help you if you'll just ask and network properly. Sorry, I didn't mean to go down a, I get on a no, rant there, but uh, you're spot you know, on. If there's, any, if there's one bit, bit of advice, find a mentor or mentors. You don't need a lot, just one or two. Right. Yep. That yep. you can just jump in and that they are willing to support you for the right reasons. They're not asking for equity. They're not asking you to pay them per hour. Yep. They're literally there wanting to give back to you for the right reasons. And man, yep. if you can find someone like that. Oh, it, like priceless. Absolutely priceless. Totally agree. Totally agree. Shout out to Taylor Kirkpatrick and many of the other uh, advisors that we have at RiderFlex. Uh, I don't want to name every one of them right now, but uh, yeah, uh, shout out to them. So, okay. So you, you're talking to this mentor, you got the, you're crafting this idea. Do um, you want to tell us about how you got into Coupler or what, what, what should you share next in the timeline? Well, I, um, it's funny. So my, I started an online course, I guess, or training for financial advisors. Okay. Um, well, about th actually about three years ago this month, it was pre COVID. Um, then that right. company's called connector. It's still live. It's still you know, operating. Um, and that is, that's teaching advisors. It's like a new cutting edge training to teach advisors how to thrive in the digital world that we're in. Because okay. uh, a lot of the training for advisors is still pretty dated, like cold calling, door knocking, you know, seminar selling, you know, paper filing cabinets and all of these things. And like, so I, I had had a lot of success going completely remote and digital. A lot of advisors asked how we did it. I'm like, huh, maybe I can create yep. something. The, the entrepreneurial business, you know, mindset kicked in. I'm like, okay, one yep. to many, I can figure out a course I can do this. So um that was a lot of fun but a lot you know that was six to 12 months of just intensive create content creation getting it all built and everything branding but now it's used by advisors let's see here in the states canada it's actually um was listed in canada by the premier um continuing education um company up there it serves tens of thousands of advisors a year they took up they took the course so that was actually ah. a big win that happened earlier this year. It's used by advisors oh, from Guam, yeah. from South Africa, yeah. Ireland. Um, nice. So that was a lot of fun. And then again, that taught me more and more about like, well, what do advisors really need? Now this uh, this this course is still available. It's connect. It's connect with a Q instead of a C. So C O N N E Q T O R dot co uh, connector. You sign up, you just pay like a, a one-time fee up front and then you take the course and, and yes. how long, how long does the course, is it, I'm assuming it's per user. So if I wanted to do it, I just sign up and take it. Is that right? Per user? That's exactly fee? right. Instant access. You pay once for lifetime access. We update all the content about once a year. Okay. A lot of, there's a lot of um, additional resources in there, um, special discounts for different vendors that we have reviewed and approved I see. to help run okay. their business. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. so I mean, they, they can just jump right in pretty, pretty easy. But again, like, it's scalable. I have a team helping me on that. So like my wealth management business, five ish hours a week is all I'm spending. 
And how about on connect? And then on connector, five. how many hours a week? Yeah. Five, wow. Five, five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once you got it, once you got it built. Yeah. Once, once yeah, you got I mean, it built. Yeah. 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 You know, your listeners yeah. don't get confused here because like it doesn't, it doesn't start that way. <laughs> it starts with uh, unlimited hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very good. But Hey, now it's all, it's not, well, it's almost completely passive income at this point, which is super great. Um, exactly. Uh, did you, you, do you own, you and your wife own hundred percent of connector or did you, did you take on any cash to get that built? No, I bootstrapped that hundred percent myself. So I nice. own hundred nice. percent of it. Yep. Congrats. Nice. And yeah, you, you bootstrapped it. Nobody owns anything. You got it going and it's almost past. It's pretty much passive income. Very nice. Congratulations. So what happens? You get bored, you, you get bored. You're like, ah, this works. Let's try something else. Let's do it. Let's build something else. I mean, kind of right. Like I, I get, it's almost like I'm addicted to, to starting companies or just messing with ideas and yeah. So I mean, getting bored and I'm always trying to, to, you know, tap into my entrepreneurial spirits. And one of the people I've followed for a very long time is Richard Branson of Virgin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's started many, many companies and that's what he does. He starts them, scales them, and then hires the amazing people to run them so he can go do his next thing. Yep. Um, speaking of him, I actually got to speak to him about a week and a half ago. Really? Just, like, yeah. <laughs> like, so he was doing um, a LinkedIn live event. And for those of you that don't know, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. Yes, you are. And By the way, great. Yeah. Congr- yes. Very good. I just wanted to pause you right there. Yeah. Your LinkedIn profile is awesome. You do a great job of networking and marketing yourself. And that's how I found you, by the way. That's how I found you to get on the Ride of Flex podcast because I saw all the great things you're doing. Awesome. Twenty, almost twenty-eight thousand followers. Yeah, excellent job. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So anyway, LinkedIn, go ahead. Yeah. So th- there's this live event, and um, I I signed up to go, and I was the, like one of the first people to raise my hand in the meeting room when they had you know everything on, and I was the first person to ask my question. Uh, directly to him. So I was like, hey, you know, and there's going to be a recording. It'll come out at some point here. Uh, but I was like, hey, Richard, you know, thanks so much. Love what you do. And then I asked him about something along the lines about work-life balance. So anyways, he's somebody that I've followed and it's really cool. I mean, that's a, that's a separate story. But what happened is, is like I did this thing with Connector and found success. And what I've come, like my ideal customer for the last three plus years has been financial advisors. So I'm serving them and giving back to that community. Okay. And the two, the top two most important things that they need to be successful is the second one is practice management. How do I run my business? You know, from tech stack to digital marketing to all that stuff, systems processes. How do I do that? Give me a blueprint. Number one, it's lead generation. Mm. If I don't have new clients to speak and work with, then it doesn't matter how smart I am. It doesn't matter what designations or credentials I have. It doesn't yep. matter what my tech stack is or what my products and services are if I don't have anyone to use them with. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, it's so true. You know, I've, I've talked to so many entrepreneurs on RideFlex podcast. We've had over 300 guests on the show. And, you know, so often they'll say, you know, it's all great. Whatever you build is cool. But if you don't have somebody to sell it or lead gen, if you can't, get clients it don't matter <laughs> exactly that's exactly exactly it. you need customers to pay for what you have <laughs> yeah and otherwise you do not have a business you are running a that's, charity that will run you broke <laughs> that's right so, um, 
it'll totally <laughs> happen. So, I mean, I actually had the idea for Coupler before. And ah, life okay. happened and I got sidetracked, but then I, I had the success with connector. I'm like, you know what? I got to build this thing. Okay. So jumped in with coupler. I bootstrapped a, a beta product or even maybe a, you could call it an alpha product just to get it out there and test it and get feedback from potential customers and advisors. Everybody loved it. So earlier this year, I raised a small seed round. Oh, I have a co-founder, right. co CTO. I have a strategic founding advisor and... Now we're all in the next version of the products basically done now. And we're already having conversations with massive, massive potential customers. Uh, I, and I can't name names, but these are huge, huge industry players where if we end up doing business with them, we go from zero revenue to multiple seven figure a, you know, ARR almost overnight. It's coupler, C-O-U-P-L-R dot A-I, coupler dot A-I. Is it, um, when you say clients or customers, meaning um, uh, like New York Life or whoever that has financial advisors, and then you're going to connect Steve Urban, me, individual, to find the right advisor over in New York Life or whatever, and you're gonna yeah. your business your business model is to charge the organization and do you charge the do you charge the individual too or just the organizations? What's your business model there? Yeah, good question. So it's SaaS. Um, the consumer never pays; it's free okay. always. Okay. Um, and then yeah, customers would be these large enterprise customers where mm. we would partner with them. But most of them, and we even recommend this, is to pass on. Because we negotiate a per seat monthly subscription cost, right? Per so seat, per 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 advisor per within advisor. the organization. Okay, got it. All right. Within the org, yep. Right. Um, so whatever that is, there's a price that we negotiate on that, and then okay. um, we we recommend that they pass that through at least in part to the advisors, so there's some skin in the game. I see. Good move. Uh, yeah, it's important. Move. It's really important. It's also yeah. easier to sell for the for the enterprise, right? Month to month, month enterprise. to month. So you you can cancel anytime. You don't. Do you have to sign up for a year long subscription or uh, anything? What? The enterprise, we will sign multi year contracts. Otherwise, I a stupid business decision for me. But the advisors, um, and this is you know we let we let the our different partners kind of figure this out on their own. But it, it they can turn it on or off month to month. So if they get too many leads and they're too busy, they can turn it off for a month or two type of thing. I see. Uh, so okay. We, we want to give All them right. flexibility because nine out of ten advisors fail, and it's funny because that's about the same statistic for entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and recruiters, you know? by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. So, sorry. So let me make sure I understand the model then. If I'm uh New York life or whoever, I'm just, I'll try, I, I guess we should use somebody else as an example too. But if I'm these guys, I'm signing a year contract with you for a number of seats, so to speak, like 10. And then, and then I can, my, my, my guys or girls can, can rotate in and out of those 10 and turn it off and on. And so yes. you're getting a little bit, you're getting a little bit of money from the organization and then the rest of the money from, or no, no, the organization's paying you for the seats. I see, and as yep. those people rotate in and out, they're they're covering part of the cost. Okay, yeah, very very good. Um, a little bit like uh, LinkedIn would be for me as a recruiter firm. I buy a certain number of seats, and then if I have contractors that use it, if I pass along a little bit of the cost to them, very similar. Then okay, got it. Yeah, so it, it's highly scalable, very profitable. It's a win okay. for everybody. 
Um, and compared to our nice. competition, um, it disrupts all the competition. What, what's so different about it? Yeah, what, what, why? What, what's, um, yeah, tell me. All the other lead gen programs out there um, that I'm aware of, at least, will charge um, based on net worth. So there's a sliding scale, and you're paying per lead. So, you know, you would be so one lead and that's the other thing. One lead can be sold multiple times when it comes in. Um, hmm. So you have multiple advisors going after one lead. They've all had to pay for it. They're paying, they're paying based on net worth. Hmm. Um, so that can get really expensive. The closing ratio or conversion ratio for those leads is terrible. There's another one that charges basis points. So if I, as the advisor, secure a new client from a lead you give me, I have to pay you, you know, so many bips a year for so many years. Okay. Um, so like, and all of these models have had some success, but the feedback I keep hearing from the field is that they don't like it. Um, and your model is very simple. Your model is simple. So that I, I pay for the service. And after a few months, if I feel like it's worth it, I keep doing it. If I don't, I, I turn it off. Is that is that accurate? You turn, you turn it off and, and you pay one price per month for unlimited potential leads. Yeah, great. Okay, very good. That's that, wow. That's very similar right now to what we're doing with recruiting. We've started, we've started doing something similar. We offer an hourly rate for recruiting where we just say, hey, look, here's a recruiter that we're going to charge you per hour. Turn them off whenever you want. Put in, put in whatever jobs you want, and if you if you think it's valuable, keep doing it. If you don't, turn it off. Yeah, very simple. I think I think consumers i think we all love some easy right easy yes. with no long-term contracts uh, is great and so that's that's wonderful okay what how and do you protect your the value you yeah. keep it right yeah that's, that's it. right so that's yeah. right that's it that's it if you're yeah. providing value they're going to keep it on how do you um protect yourself there i mean that what i mean i guess can others can other people just do the same thing how are you gonna how are you gonna protect um, yourself in so we'll be first to market with the way that we're doing it Okay. And it would take a while for others to ramp up to do it. And some of the other players, so the way I, the example I use is we're in a playground. We have our own sandbox in this playground. Nobody okay. else is in our sandbox, but there Not are yet. other people in the playground. Okay. Right. So All they're right. watching us. I'm watching them. Um, but we're still the little guy right now, which is actually good. So they're not paying a whole lot of attention, but some of these other ones have raised so much money that for them mm. to, to pivot and copy our model would probably be a no-go from their board and investors. Ooh, good, good, good. What was the seed round you raised? How much did you already say? And oh, I missed it. Or you... It was a couple hundred grand. It was a small one. None of us are taking a paycheck from it. We don't need it. And okay. Okay. our even just one customer, the revenue there, so we can actually bootstrap within. I may never have to raise a round again. Well, that's good. So right now you're in control, so to speak, of the cap table. Derek's still in control. Oh, oh yeah, significantly. Oh, your co-founder doesn't own fifty percent. No. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah, being in control is is critical. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you yeah. you raise, you raise a small seed round. So you're not looking to raise a Series A. That's not even in the works. You're you're good for right I'm now. I'm talking to VCs to build those relationships because you never know what happens. So keep your options open. Yeah, you never know. But if I if I have my druthers, um, I'll never have to raise a penny again. Well, good for you. Congratulations. I think that would be awesome. Are you going to? Are you just? Is this passive income? You're building this for. For yourself, no, your family, your co-founder. This, this oh, is. I guess what I. 
Oh, this is exit. Okay, okay, great. So this is a growth exit plan. This is not a. I got you. All right. What? Uh, what... Yeah, but I've been very clear with that. This is this is a game changer for people that came in early. Okay. Very good. All right. And do you have a mark? Are you? Uh, have you have it whiteboarded out? We get to here in revenue and here in profits. Boom, we're selling. Or you'll just you're just going to build it and then have conversations as you move along. I have a number I want to hit that I've backed okay. into. Um, you know, with my wife and whatnot. So we know what that number is. Um, to have I love that. That we want for our son, for grandkids, hopefully someday, you know, that, to support our friends and other family members. So. I love that, we, Derek. We do do the same thing. My co-founder and I at RiderFlex, same thing. People ask us like, is RiderFlex for sale? I'm like, well, you know, I we backed into it. Like Scott has said, here's what, Here's what we want for our family, our personal family. My wife, Kim, and I say, you know, here's what we want. If 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 the sale of the company provides that number to our families, yeah, let's have the conversation. Yeah, we did the same thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's a good way to do it. If you're doing this just for money, for money's sake, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah, 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 great. Okay, very good. Okay, great. Um, well, what I love is, it, okay, now it's already – how big is it right now? I guess, can you share revenue or share number of users? What do you want to share as far as no, where it's I'm at? I'm keeping that all real stealth mode on okay. right, okay. right now. Um, all right. All right. Just being strategic about it. So our, our tool is white label. So the coupler brand, I don't care if it's out there or not. What I care about oh. is the revenue. <laughs> I see. So, ah, ah, so okay. It can be in a lot of different places and people won't even know it, which is interesting. All right. Wow. Um, so New York Life or whoever can use the SaaS, uh, use the software as a service and label it however they want. Correct. Yep. Yep. They, we, we, and we encourage them to do that. We work with their teams to help them come up with, you know, the best way to do that, how to position it, where to put it on their website and their other environments that they can put this thing in. And yeah, we've got a pretty large, um, you know, way we can deploy this. And we're already in more than one country. About that. I love how, how does that, how does an Indiana Jones college student that, that, <laughs> that, that works with kids that are in trouble. And then like as a financial planner, now all of a sudden he's like a tech SAS entrepreneur. Know, right? Like, wow, bro. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty good. I love that. Uh, you said it earlier. You're not scared. Hey, you take risks. You know, it's scary, but you're willing to do it, which a lot of people are not. A lot of people are not. But you've done it, and you've done it more strategically as you've gotten older, you know, with a few more safety, net, few more safety nets here and there. Yeah. Um, but you're willing to do it, and, and that's what separates you from the pack. I mean, the vast majority of people on planet Earth are very comfortable going to work every day, coming home, working for somebody else, making dinner, watching their little TV shows for the night, getting up the next morning. And doing it again like they're super comfortable with that and that's that's cool if that's what if that's what makes you happy great you know good totally, for you totally. uh uh but some of us like me and you there's a, there's a bug in there and it's always making us do risky things and, and we try to build something <laughs> you're exactly right and more power to the people that, that want to hold down a job like that for sure. some amount of years like if that if that's your jam go rock it that's great yeah 
totally agree. Um, I mean, it's just not yeah. my jam. I, I don't do well answering to anybody else other than my wife. So <laughs> same. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I try to do what what I want when I want and if I fail, so what? I learn in the process. Right. And that's the other thing. It is okay to fail. And what'd you say? Nine out of ten entrepreneurs fail. If you're gonna start your own business, even even if it's a service business, financial planner, recruiter, real estate agent, whatever, chances are you're gonna fail. But guess what? If you do, you can just go get a job. I mean, it's not it's not life or death. It's it's going to get another job that you might hate for a while, but you're not gonna you're not gonna die. If you, well, if it doesn't... Like, I didn't like digging out basements with five gallon buckets, you know, <laughs> I, I hate it, but it helped pay the bills. Uh, make sure my yeah. wife was okay, you know, until I figured out what needed to happen. So, I mean, that, that's just ah, that's life. Some people just aren't willing to do things they really don't want to do. It, isn't it so true? I mean, very similar story. I was in Houston one summer as a young man before I knew what I was going to do with my life. And I worked in the refineries in Houston in in the summer. And the job was uh, wrapping heating pads around welds that were on pipes. And and I remember, I still remember as a young man and looking at these guys that that at that time, you know, some 40, 50-year-old men been doing it for, you know, all this time. And I'm looking at them going, holy shit, man, what? You've really been doing this for 20 years? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> not, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've had a lot of jobs like that, Steve, and they all yeah. were brutal. But they taught me, I'm sure like it just taught you, what yeah. you didn't want to do. That's right. <laughs> right? And, like, and, and, you know, three months or whatever, doing something like that, wow, like, I respect these people for sure. You know, doing this as long as they have but this is not my cup of tea man i gotta do something else (laughs) totally absolutely uh so coupler coupler you're not you're not taking on any cash but uh any organizations interested in using this the software right c-o-u-p-l c-o-u-p-l-r dot a-i coupler dot a-i um or Derek has also got a great LinkedIn profile uh, going on. I love his I love his action on LinkedIn. By the way, it's Derek, D-E-R-E-K, um, Derek. Uh, then it's N-H Notman. So if you type it in that way, you're going to find it uh, for sure. Plus, oh, did you want to mention the podcast at all? The, are, you, are you doing that? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, the one that I'm co-hosting? Yes. Yeah, my, my good friend, Adam Holt, who's also a fintech CEO, he was an advisor turned fintech CEO. Funny how this works. He also went remote even before I did as an yeah. advisor. And he and I found each other a couple of years ago at an online conference during COVID. Okay. And we just hit it off really, really well, like some people do. And we're like, you know what? Let's start a podcast. Sure. We didn't know we didn't know how to spell podcast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we're like, well, let's do it. Um, so we figured it out. We had some great help along the way. And now we, uh, we try to, you know, push out two episodes uh, a month and we're all about rethinking the financial advice industry and profession. So we have conversations, we do what's called a rethink tank. So we bring people on seven to 15 minutes max 
And then we go back and record the podcast around their audio without them there. So then we debate what they said and we don't let them chime back in later. It's a fun, it's a fun format. People. Interesting. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. That's great. That's good. I love it. How do people find the podcast? What's the best way to look it up? Um, it's, I, I think the most downloads is on Apple podcasts. It's just rethink FA or rethink financial advice. Okay. Um, All right. and Adam All right. Holt and myself, Derek Notman. Okay. Now how did he, how, how, why did he get to list his name first? No, I'm just giving you a hard time. He's got more experience than I do. So I'm like, you know what? I'll defer to the old guy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's great. No, <clears throat> Hey, running a podcast is, uh, very hard to do consistently for a long time, as you probably already know. Oh man. Uh, some, you know, uh, we've, we've gotten over 300 guests now on the show and Amazing. we've been, we've been doing it for like four years and, uh, it's, it's hard. Like it's just the, the sheer amount of time it takes mm-hmm. to, to do a podcast. I, you know, every time somebody calls me, they're like, I'm going to start my own podcast. I'm like, okay, call me in six months. Let me know how it works out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so much like, it's not just showing up like we're doing today. Yeah, no. For for the for the guest it is, but for the producers, there's so much involved. Absolutely. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast to like promote your business, think twice, Uh, please. Think Think twice. More time and work. (laughs) Yes, sir. Sure is. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Derek, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast, sharing your story. Congratulations, man! Really cool story. Uh, you know the different turns and paths that you have taken uh are great love it um and congratulations my friend really congrats well thank you steve i really appreciate this was a fun one i haven't done one this personal before so this has been a a fun conversation and i i appreciate your great questions and just a really fun conversation